everybody. Welcome to another episode of Two Strike Noise, your weekly baseball history podcast. My name is Jeff. I'm one half of the show. Joining me, uh, as always, is uh, a guy that's probably pretty wet right now up in the Pacific Northwest. It's Mark A. Johnston. Man, it is uh, it is uniquely flooding around here. I live, my wife and I live up on top of a big rock hill. So we can just look out and go, wow, that really sucks to be down there. <laughs> but yeah, it's pretty wet. Yeah, it's raining here too, but we don't complain about it here because we need it all. But well, I don't complain about it because I live here on purpose. Yeah, I know. I miss Seattle because I really like rain. It's like my favorite weather, which is odd as a baseball fan. But Right. I know. I like the rain a lot too. I, I mean, I lived in LA for a little bit and I missed it. I don't miss like the Atlanta rain though. That was too much. It would just come dump and then it would be humid. Not so much on the West Coast. <laughs> no, nah, I'm not into humidity, but uh, the rain, the rain's cool with me. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that's enough uh, meteoro- meteoro- meteorological. Is that how you say Me- it? Meteorology. It's meaty. Yeah. Enough weather talk. Let's get into baseball. Uh, let's start with BP. We got a lot of stuff before we get into main segment today. First of all, probably the most important news. We haven't had a large Newt Bar update for Sometime. I think that's he, true. Yeah. He was injured for the last half of the season, I think. Maybe that was why we didn't have so much injury, uh, so much Lars news. But this is big news. Lars Newtbar is been uh, he has been named one of Japan's GQ men of the year. Good for Lars. Wow. I've been trying to make that list forever. The, the Japanese GQ men of the year. Yeah. I've just yeah. never been to Japan. It's probably not specific that you have to have been to Japan, but you have to have some newsworthiness in Japan, I'm guessing. Oh, yeah, I haven't had that either. Just, you know, give me some time. Yeah, well, you you could always just make up a fake uh, magazine cover and frame it and <laughs> put it up. What are you saying, man? It's been known to happen. Uh <laughs> Also, the Cardinals are kind of counting on him to try and uh, land uh, Yoshinabu Yamamoto, one of the prized free agent pitchers. Interesting. But uh, I don't think that's going to happen. Who wants to go to the Cardinals at this point? I mean, yeah, they, they need a whole new pitching staff, really. Well, I mean, they, they re signed Lance together. Lynn. Come on. Yeah, well, you never know, man. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, so Lars Newtbar there. I do want to, so last week uh, we put out uh, with the show on our socials, we put out a uh, Two Strike Noise Hall of Fame ballot for, uh, for to you know, to, to vote into the Two Strike Noise, the real Hall of Fame. We've got some early returns. Now, we're not closing the, the, the polls yet. If you have not voted, please uh, get out there and, and tell us who you vote for. The leader right now, uh, early leader, is Todd Helton. He's been on almost every every ballot so far, which is good news. That's great. Yeah. I like Glad that. Glad to hear that. Yeah, Joe Maurer uh, is uh, in. Uh, Joe Maurer and Billy Wagner are are in a solid second place. Adrian Beltre has only been on one returned ballot. Wow! So far. no kidding. Yeah. So uh, let's see. Or no, I'm sorry. He's been on a couple. I, I just added up some more some more ones. But Maybe the majority of our listeners don't want him to be a first ballot guy. <laughs> Well, no, because it specifically says on the ballot, it's okay to to vote for first ballot, guys. Let's see some surprising votes. Uh, A-Rod has got to vote. Yeah. Manny's got to vote. Your boy Omar Vizquel's got to vote. Hmm, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, Francisco Rodriguez has got to vote. Okay. And Bartolo Colon has also mustered a vote. Well, you know, it's a, it's a diverse listening public we have. 
Yeah, no, and this is we're not we're not shaming anybody for your oh, vote. No, no. Uh, as long as as long as you're you know being serious and say, hey, I think this guy legitimately should be in the Hall of Fame. More power to you. Let let's uh, let's hear it. Let's uh, get, right. get your votes in. Uh, speaking of the Hall of Fame, the uh, Veterans Committee or the I don't the old time I don't know what it's called anymore, but uh, Jim Leland going into the Hall of Fame in this next class. Uh, a couple thousand games. Yeah, I'm just kind of eh. eh. But, you know, the, the big thing is that Lou Pinello once again came up one vote short. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was, I was kind of bummed. Well, again, you know what the, uh, the difference is between Leland, who is going into the Hall of Fame, and Pinella, who is, again, not going into the Hall of Fame, is? The uh, flat uh, hat. No, it's uh, oh. Jim Leland didn't say Ricky Henderson was shaking it. <laughs> oh, that. Yeah, well, there's that. I mean, it's it's as good a reason as any. And uh, the reason that I will, uh, I hold grudges. Like uh, uh, Vicente Padilla, I did not like him because he hit Ricky Henderson a couple of times. Hated you might him. You never get on the, your bad side. Oh, no, no, side. you're there. No, trust me, yeah. you're already there. Uh, so last week we did some uh, Thanksgiving themed names. I thought, you know, let's let's make this a thing. Maybe we come up with a list every now and then. So uh, I put my uh, my little brain to it here and I came up with a list of baseball players who are uh, their names are also articles of clothing. OK, now this is not a list that I have found somewhere and said, oh, I'm going to do that. Nope. This is all off of my own brain ball. So. If I've forgotten somebody, let let me know. But we're going to start here. We got Bill Knickerbocker. Ah. Easy one. Gary Glover. It's also baseball related. Uh, not to be confused with Gary Glitter. We don't no. want to confuse those. Yeah. Uh, now, this one, uh, this one I was pretty proud of. Kirk Dressendorfer. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> former Absolutely athletic. Fits. Yeah. Boots Poffenberger. Uh-huh. We've talked about this guy a lot, Louis Sokalexis. Sokalexis, very nice. The possible uh, origin for the uh, old Cleveland baseball team name. We don't know. Uh, Jason Coates, Cap Anson. Cap Anson, very nice. Noted racist, Cap Anson. Uh, To go along with Cap Anson, not the noted racist part, but the, 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 the headwear is Scott Hatterberg. Ah, yes. Yeah, Very yeah. nice. Uh, of course, Shoeless Joe Jackson. That's a, that's an easy one. Uh, High Pockets, Kelly, of course, our favorite Hall of Famer. Yep. Yeah. Brandon Belt, current player. Right there. <laughs> nice. Uh, Ty Cobb. Easy one right there. This is I, my favorite I one. This is my favorite one, though. This one works on two different levels. Dickie Thawne. <laughs> Yes. Yes. You know what? I, I always wanted to buy a Dickie and I never have. I need one. Oh, yeah. You really should. <laughs> Next time we do anything on video, I want to see you wearing a Dickie. A but, black Dickie with a white sweater. Okay. <laughs> Whatever floats your boat. But uh, but also, if you say his last name quickly, it kind of sounds like thong. Yes, which I won't be wearing uh, on yeah. camera. Well, I mean, just you can't. On Tuesdays. Just, just don't show it. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, uh, that was kind of fun. If you've got some more, let me know, uh, let us know. Uh, we'll, we'll revisit that if we get some good ones there, but 
Uh, I found something cool. Speaking of High Pockets Kelly, we've I think we've made mention on this show when we've talked about him that he is buried uh, over in Coloma, which is by the San Francisco airport in a uh, in a cemetery there. There's a couple of I think Joe DiMaggio might be buried. Or, oh, wow. Or, yeah, it might be Joe DiMaggio. Someone's doesn't matter. I can find out. I found this cool new uh, tool from Sabre. It is the baseball map. It's an interactive map. It uses Google Maps, and it's got waypoints for a whole bunch of cool baseball stuff that you can find, including a lot of graves, which I texted you about this. I did not know that Joe Morgan is literally buried like 15 minutes from my house. Yes, in a cemetery, right? Yes, it is in a cemetery. That's it's a good. Just making sure. I know. Yeah, I appreciate that. That's a good thing to 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 specify but uh around the bay area here where i live there's a whole bunch of them a lot of them are graves Uh, a lot of them are in that cemetery over in colma so i think what i might do one day is uh when i'm not going to an a's game when the weather is a little bit better and i mean that is and i will not be going to an a's game not like I'm going to be going to a lot. And if I'm not, just want to clear that up. But uh, I think I'm going to just take a, a, a baseball day and just go around and hit a whole bunch of these uh, graves and, and, and other stuff around, uh, around the Bay Area. But I'm going to put a link to this in the, in the show notes because it's really fun. Uh, it's fun to just kind of look around where you live, maybe somewhere you're going. If you're planning a trip somewhere, it might be fun to say, hey, let's see. Like when I went to Pittsburgh last time, I knew I wanted to go and see the Forbes Field Wall, and it was right. well worth it. Yeah, and if you know what? If, if somebody ends up using that and finding some places close to home or something, send us pictures. Yeah. Do I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do that during the summer probably. I just make some make a make a day of it, and uh, it's it's a fun tool though whether you are gonna go anywhere or not. So look in the show notes for that. Uh, I wanted to talk about John Smoltz, our favorite boomer curmudgeon. <laughs> curmudgeon, yeah. So I'm rooting for him with this. John Smoltz is trying to become a full time member of the PGA Tour. Wow, good for him. Yeah. uh, So, I mean, we've talked about this. It's well known that during the uh, the 90s and the early 2000s that uh, Greg Maddox, uh, John Smoltz and Tom Glavin were just huge. They still are just huge golf fans, golfers. They would play every day, take their clubs on the road. There was a putting green in the Braves clubhouse when they were there that uh, they would uh, they I want to say put around, but that's an awful pun. But (laughs) They would always do. I mean, they even had chipping contests at home plate before the game. Sometimes I remember them doing that. But he is trying to get on the tour, which I'm all for, because if he's on the tour, that's every weekend. And that means he would not be calling games. So I'm rooting for you, John. It's a that's a win win situation. It really is. Uh, bad news is after the first round, he is eight over and in last place. Yeah, a bit of a struggle. Yeah, I mean, he is a scratch golfer, but I mean, he's also playing against guys that have been on the tour and are, you know, dropped off for some reason that have won majors and other guys that are just really good. He's really good, too. But, you know, a bad day and uh, these kind of this kind of competition. But he's eight over and in last place. So I, I know how that feels. The last time I golfed, I actually ended up eight over. And then I went on to the second hole. I was going to say, that's pretty, uh, if you, if you finish just eight over, that's pretty good. Yeah, I wish. 
Uh, let's see, some big news here. This is really cool. There is going to be a different kind of Hall of Fame game this year at the uh, Doubleday Field in Cooperstown. It's going to take place on May 25th, and it is going to honor the Negro League's famous East-West All-Star Games. Oh, nice. So the uh, managers slash coaches of the squads are going to be Ken Griffey Jr. and Ozzie Smith. Serving as team captains will be CeCe Sabathia and Chris Young. Now, I did read about CeCe Sabathia. First of all, when they were putting this together, he was the first guy they called. You know, he's a big uh, fan of the of the history, but of the Negro Leagues especially. And I saw a quote from him that said, you know, after he retired, he had surgery on his elbow. He hadn't picked up a baseball since, had no plans to. But when he heard about this, he started getting in shape because there was no way he was not going to be involved with this on the field. So that's, that's cool. very cool. Other players scheduled to appear are uh, Josh Barfield, not Jesse. That would be cool if it was Jesse. Yeah. Tim Beckham, Prince Fielder, Curtis Granderson, Adam Jones, Dontrell Willis, Ryan Howard, and Tony Gwynn Jr. Also appearing will be Scott Hairston and Jerry Hairston Jr. And this is interesting. Their grandfather, Sam, played in the Negro Leagues and appeared in an East-West All-Star game. Okay, that's really awesome. Yeah, that's very cool. I mean, normally I think of Jerry Harrison Jr. or Scott Harrison as, you know, kind of common baseball players, but the link there to their grandfather in the Negro Leagues makes that really cool. So, yeah, I, I hope that's going to be on TV or something. I would hope so. Yeah, that's definitely something that I think not just me, but our listeners would, would want to see. Yeah, like on, on MLB Network. That seems like an MLB Network special right there. Sure, yeah. Also, can we? what can we do about changing the name of Doubleday Field? <laughs> yeah, I, you know what? I think that one's stuck. Uh, but come it, on now. I well, mean, I know. I, we've, we've discussed Mr. Doubleday's non-connection to baseball. And so it is kind of weird to call the Hall of Fame field name it after somebody who had nothing to do with baseball. Yeah, but let's. This is going to be our one of our thing. We need to figure out what we would change the name to. Hmm. I mean, there's sure you could do like Jackie Robinson Field. You could do something. I mean, not to take anything away from Jackie Robinson, but that's kind of easy. Yeah. Let's uh, let's let's put our our brains to it and see what we can come up. I mean, I don't mind two strike noise feel. I'm not going to lie. That one, I wouldn't you know turn my nose up at it. But maybe that we makes come total up, sense. We could come up with something maybe a little bit better that is a little bit of a, a hat tip to the history of the game more than Abner Doubleday. <laughs> yes, Abner. Uh, you know, it's funny when growing up, I was actually told that he invented baseball and that that didn't blow up until I was like in my teens. And I was like, wait a minute, what? I've been lied to my entire life about my favorite thing. We've talked about it before. I mean, he never claimed to have no. anything to do with invent. He he played some uh, some rounders and town ball, but never. It, it was all just a pro America BS thing. So, yeah. Let's see. Trivia. Mark, last week I asked a question. Uh, My question was, there are four teams who have never had a player that only played for them during their entire major league career of 10 years or more. Can you name those four teams? No. No. (laughs) Well, I like that you don't beat around the bush anymore. No, I, I, you know what? That one baffles me. 
All right, so here they are. Now, you would think that it would just be all of the most recent, like, sure. expansion teams, but you would be wrong. Although, one of them is the, the most recent in the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, also, okay. the Marlins, the, I'm just going to call them the Florida Marlins uh, in this case, uh, who was in that group before the Diamondbacks. But, so those are two. Then you also have two other expansion teams, but that have been around for a while now in the Texas Rangers, your World Series champion, and the Blue Jays. Hmm. Never had anybody that played for 10 years in the big leagues or more, but only played for those, one of those four teams. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, it, it kind of, now that you mention them, I can see a scenario for each of those, why it makes sense. And you know what? They might never have anybody. Yeah, yeah. The I think about the Blue Jays, and they're, you know, they're an established franchise and everything, but they're like the Denny's of, of baseball teams. Nobody sets out to go to Toronto. Except for Shohei Otani. Anyway. <laughs> right. That's going to happen. By the uh, way, everybody, I have, uh, I have a text that I am going to just plaster everywhere if he signs with Toronto. <laughs> it's it's like saying, you know, I'm going to go to Denny's. No, you don't go there. You end up there because there's nothing else open. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? They've won more World Series than the uh, Mariners have ever even sniffed. I'm I'm not saying that they're not a historical, talented, successful franchise. I'm simply saying unless you're from Toronto, I can't see you sniffing it out and saying, I got to get to the Blue Jays somehow. I don't know. I, you know, especially in the, okay, I understand your point, but in the early nineties, I mean, that was definitely a destination. I mean, look at Ricky, Ricky went there. Stu went well, there. Right. Did they sign there or they traded there? Well, Stu signed there and then he convinced Ricky to waive his no trade and come there. Right. It's, I mean, it, it's an argument, but I uh, love Toronto too. Well, I mean, I'm a, I'm a Maple Leafs fan, but Toronto is the most European city uh, outside of Montreal in the entire North American realm. I'm going to just say that I love, I love Toronto, but that's just me. All right. But we don't want to get our Canadian fans mad at us. No, no. Of or mad not. at you, I guess. Right, right. You can direct your ire at me, the Canadian listeners. I, I'm not trying to put down your team. I'm simply stating a fact. He's mad because when the Blue Jays come to Seattle, the uh, oh, T-Mobile is basically Rogers Center South. It's it's filled with Canadians. It's unbelievable. Which is a great thing. There's everyone's polite. Your exchange rate is, you know, okay if you're. Going the other way. I spend plenty of money in Seattle. We are very appreciative of that. (laughs) But they're not really from Toronto. They're mostly from Vancouver, which is, you know, not Toronto. (laughs) Okay, I'm not going to touch that again. uh, If you want to, if you want to talk to Mark about his Canadian hate, and he's closest (laughs) to everybody, you can get to him very quickly where he lives. All right, uh, next question. Oh, I forget. We did have some people that answered that right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bet you uh, we. It's it's all of the regulars, and I apologize. I did not write that down. Uh, I know that we had a couple of correct answers there. Um, I'll hit you. I'll get you next week. But here is my question for next week: uh, Two names that we've talked about before. One who is on the current Hall of Fame ballot: uh, Mike Hampton and Gary Sheffield share a record. What is it? Hmm. I I. I don't have an answer for yeah, that. Yeah, this yet. one, you're, I don't think you're going to be able to plug this one into Stathead and get it either. So, good, good. Yeah. 
put uh, put on your thinking caps uh, and and let us know if you've got an answer for that. We'll tell you what the answer is next week. All right, Mark. Uh, let's see. It's the off season and it's raining both here and there. So the ground screw has nothing to do. The field is covered. Uh, maybe the outfield might not even be there. The grass might all be gone because they're going to put in new turf for next season. So we're not going to bother them uh, doing anything. We're just going to get right into the main uh, main story this week. What do you say? I think two strike noise field needs a rest. Yes. Okay. Uh, let's see. So I'm going to take this week. And uh, the story this week is about one of the most criminally underrated characters of the 80s. And that, of course, is Big John Studd. <laughs> Wait, oh, uh, wait, nope, nope, nope. The wrestler? I, I, it's a typo. Uh, it's Big Ed Walsh. Oh, yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so Big Ed Walsh, as he was named, uh, by the way, he was 6'1", 193. Big, maybe he was just big in his town. He's he's barely bigger than Jose Altuve. But if he's Big Ed, what is Frank Thomas? I mean, he's the big hurt. What Randy Johnson is the big unit. I mean, he was... A half a foot taller than this guy. I feel, yeah, yeah. I feel like Frank and Randy might have been shortchanged here. Like what? The enormous <laughs> unit? Not given. Not given the big <laughs> moniker. All right. Well, I mean, obviously it was uh, it was a long time ago, but we're off to a great start, aren't we? We got Big John Stud and a bad nickname. But <laughs> now, thankfully, there is a saber bio on Big Ed. Because that always helps. But I've got to take umbrage with the author of this uh, article, Stuart Schimler. Uh, he wrote Uh-oh. it, and thank you. He did a great job. But when describing Ed's parents, he said that uh, his father married a heavy set Welsh immigrant. Now, why are we body shaming in a saber bio? <laughs> well,. Yeah, that's a good question. Stuart, we're better than that. Come on now. Uh, regardless, Ed was born and raised in Pennsylvania. No farm accidents to speak of as a, as a youth, which is good. Uh, in fact, he worked as a child in the coal mines at the age of 12, as one does. Uh, Ouch. Never too early to contract black lung, I guess, but it helped his family out. Ed signed his first contract to play ball for money in 1901 for a mining company team who were coincidentally named the Black Lungs. <laughs> I'm making that up. It was they weren't called the Black Lungs. That would be a sweet name though. I can see like the hat. I can see it's just a pair of lungs that are black. The all disease nickname. Yeah. <laughs> so he pitched well over two seasons in the mine circuit and eventually moved up. I don't know what's above the mining circuit. I was trying to come up with things like the Cobblers Association or the Haberdashery League. I don't know. But <laughs> whatever. He played for Newark of the Eastern League, finishing 9-5 and five before he got the big call up the next season in 1904 when his, per- when his contract was purchased by the Chicago White Sox. He pitched in 18 games in his rookie year, started 8 games, finished 10, earned a complete game and a save. The next year was similar, only appearing in 22 games with an ERA of 2.17. He started half of those games and closed the other half. He increased his strikeouts and cut down on his walks, but it was his third year in the big leagues when he really hit a stride. So as a rookie, he had roomed with a uh, a guy named Elmer Strickland. Now, Elmer was a spitball pitcher, and he took to teaching Big Ed how to throw a shiner. 
Uh, add the wet willy, not the name he used, but I'm going to use some creative license here and call his uh, spitter a wet willy, uh, to his fastball and curveball. And the next year, he started 31 games, struck out 171, and finished with a 17-13 and 13 record and a 1.88 ERA. That 1.88 ERA, seventh best in the league. <laughs> it was a pitcher's year. He wasn't even smelling that ERA title that year. Uh, his teammate, Doc White, led the league with a 1.52 ERA that season. Uh, Ed's 171 strikeouts, though, was good for third in the league behind show favorite Rube Waddell's 196. Ed did lead the league in shutouts, though, with 10. And he would go on to lead the league in that category two of the next three seasons as well. And on top of that, he helped the White Sox beat the crosstown rival Cubs in the World Series in just his third season. The next year, Ed went 24-18 and and did lead the league with a 1.6 ERA. He also led the league in games pitched, games started, complete games. He led the league in saves with four. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Also led the league in innings pitched, batters faced, and ERA+. Now, you look at the line on his baseball card and you think, wow, that's a career year right there. Well, Ed said, hold my beer. 1908, he put together one of the, if not the, most impressive pitching season ever. He finished with a mark of 40 wins and 15 losses. Wow, that's the, that's a great career. For yeah. some <laughs> he was the last pitcher to win 40 games in a single season. He had a 1.42 ERA, not best in the league still, didn't win that ERA title again, uh, appeared in a league-leading 66 games, started a league-leading 49, threw 42 complete games to, of course, lead the league, 11 of those were shutouts, repeat after me, to lead the league. Again, six saves to lead the league. Through 464 innings to, guess what? I'm thinking he finished third in the league. (laughs) And you would be wrong. He led the league. And he struck out 260 batters to, guess what? He led the league. He led the league. Absolutely. So if you look at Ed's baseball reference page, it is literally just one big black spot. Kind of like a black lung. Maybe that was coincidental. I don't know. Yes, probably. In six year span between 1907 and 1912, he led the league every year but once in games. Four times in innings pitched and led the league in strikeouts twice. He was the epitome of a workhorse. Today, if you get somebody that can throw 200 innings a season, we marvel at their durability. Ed was throwing three to 400 innings every year. My goodness. Yeah. So and his, his arm didn't fall off. Incredible. Which is amazing. At that point. <laughs> just just wait up a little bit. Uh, his spitball was incredible. Almost unhittable. But when he didn't throw it, he, had, he was one of the hardest throwers in the game. Big Ed Spitter had a ton of movement, but he was still able to throw it with outstanding control. It was estimated that he would throw the Spitter as much as 90% of the time. And that's a lot of spit, if I'm being honest. Man, no kidding. He had to have been chewing like licorice or something in between innings to not get a cotton mouth. He was digging saliva up from somewhere. 
Hall of Fame outfielder Sam Crawford said this of Ed's spitball, quote, I think the ball disintegrated on the way to the plate and the catcher put it back together again. I swear when it went past the plate, it was just the spit that went by. (laughs) (laughs) You get a little shower. And it's hard to hit spit. It It really is. is. Uh, Not to be outdone by his arm. Walsh was the Greg Maddox before Greg Maddox of his day. He fielded his position better than anybody had ever done and relished batters trying to bunt on him and growled at infielders who tried to field anything that was in front of them. He also had a pickoff move to first that, you know, today would definitely be called a balk, but was allowed at that point. As I said before, Ed was a workhorse. Ed is one of nine American League pitchers to ever throw two complete games on the same day and win them both. Wow. Not only did he accomplish this amazing feat once, he did it twice. (laughs) That's really impressive. Yeah. So in uh, 1905, he won a game 10 to 5 and 3 to 1 on the same day. And then in 1908, he won 5 to 1 and 2 to nothing on the same day. All four games, complete games. It's gracious. They just made them different back then, man. They really did. This workload and the velocity that Big Ed threw the ball uh, started to take its toll on his arm, as you can imagine. Yeah. He he finished 1912 with a 27-17 and mark, again leading the league in games, games started, games finished, saves, and innings pitched. It just, it cracks me up how many times he led the league in saves as well. But Ed started to feel tired, and in 1913, he tried to maintain his pace of throwing pretty much every inning the White Sox played in, ever. But he couldn't do it. He often took long breaks between being able to make starts, and for the season, he ended up starting only 14 games, but he still went 8-3 with a 2.58 ERA. Walsh was sent to see the Dr. Job of his time, none other than Bone Setter Reese. (laughs) who had one of the best nicknames I've ever heard. He really did. But coincidentally, Bonesetter Reese was not an actual doctor at the time. Uh, Bonesetter's real name was John, and he had flunked out of medical school because he got dizzy at the sight of blood. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, Bonesetter. He practiced the manipulation of muscles and ligaments, which was a precursor to what would later become... Uh, known as osteopathy, which is obviously a, you, you can be a doctor in osteopathy now. Uh, yeah. Bone Setter, in fact, worked on 28 future Hall of Famers, including Hannes Wagner, Ty Cobb, Cy Young, Rogers Hornsby, and Walter Johnson, just to name a few. Reese looked over Walsh and diagnosed him with a, quote, misplaced tendon, unquote, in his right shoulder. Reese announced that he had cured the pitcher, in three minutes <laughs> and promised that Big Ed would be better than ever the following season. Spoiler alert, he was not. What? That three minutes didn't work? Yeah, it's it's surprising. Uh, over the final four years of Ed's career, he appeared in only 17 games. Ed finished his career in 1917, ending up with 195 wins to 126 losses and a career ERA of 1.82 which still stands as the lowest career ERA in baseball history. Walsh also holds the lowest career FIP at 2.02. And if you're a little rusty on what FIP is, it's fielding independent pitching. It only takes into account stats that a pitcher can control. 
meaning strikeouts, walks, hit batters, and home runs. Nothing that ever involves any other defensive player on the field, just him against the batter. And that is still the all-time career record. Ed retired as a player and tried his hand at umpiring in the American League, but he did not like it. He hated calling strikes, which is a weird thing for a former pitcher. Right. Uh, He went on to do some coaching, including coaching his son at Notre Dame. Ed Walsh Jr. went on to pitch in the minors for my Oakland Oaks of the Pacific Coast League, where his claim to fame was stopping a young Joe DiMaggio's minor league record 61-game hitting streak. Wow. (laughs) Uh, That kind of stuff ran in the family, though, as Big Ed in 1911, had stopped a 40-game hitting streak by none other than Ty Cobb. The next season, he stopped a 30-game hitting streak by uh, Tris Speaker. So they were very good at stopping hitting streaks. Uh, Junior also made the big leagues for a couple of seasons, also playing with the White Sox. Ed went on to become a chemical engineer as well as a golf pro, two things that are Frankly, usually mutually exclusive, but not right. Not a big big Ed's case. Uh, Walsh was never voted into the Hall of Fame on the players' ballot, but in 1947 he was enshrined via the Old Timers Committee. Ed passed away on May 26, 1959, at the age of 77. Coincidentally, on the same day that Harvey Haddix of the Pittsburgh Pirates pitched 12 perfect innings before losing the game to the Milwaukee Braves. Wow. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. A couple of other things about Big Ed. His 1910 season was an odd one. Ed was, as I mentioned, the last pitcher to win 40 games in a season. Two years after that 40-win season, he lost 20 games, which led the league, by the way. Now, (laughs) there's somebody losing 20 games because they stink, and then there's Ed. He lost 20 games, but he won the league ERA title that year with a 1.27 ERA. (laughs) wow weird he also led the league in saves that year with five so he lost 20 games led the league in era led the league in saves at one point ed led the league in saves five out of six seasons Uh, of course saves were not a stat back then but it's pretty impressive to be leading the league in innings pitched all the time still come in and close out games when they're close and you're needed so Just a great all-around pitcher. And finally, Ed also helped design the original Comiskey Park. Being a member of the White Sox and being a great pitcher, Charles Comiskey asked for his input. And uh, Big Ed assured that Comiskey would be known as a pitcher's ballpark during its tenure, to nobody's surprise. But he was uh, had a big hand in that as well. And that, my friends, is uh, the story of Big, with air quotes around it, Ed Walsh. That's that's some interesting stuff um, for someone we don't really hear a lot about. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I've heard I've I've heard of Big Ed Walsh, and I think I knew he was a pitcher, but that was it. So, uh, yeah, I I like it. I found a quote from him here. It says, "I could feel the muscles grind and wrench during the game." He's talking about his arm, and it seemed to me my arm would leap out of my socket when I shot the ball across the plate. My arm would keep me awake till morning with a pain I had never known before. Well, that sounds like fun. Jeez. You know, when I am pitching now, uh, I can't, I I have an awful arm. I have a bad shoulder. I just get the ball over the plate because if I try and throw it hard, I can imagine 
I mean, I'm in pain every time I do that. I can just imagine somebody as big and strong as him. That must have just been awful. Wow. Yeah, that sounds like fun, dude. But you know what? People like you, they just want to play the game, man. Yeah. I'm going to, if Bone Setter was around, I maybe I'd go visit him because he sounded yeah, like he did a great job. That's something I can study. I've got some free time. Yeah. Just, yeah. Interestingly, uh, something else about Mr. Walsh, uh, he has the third lowest whip uh, in Major League Baseball history with a 1.00. Yeah, he didn't. You know what? He gave up a lot of hits, but he didn't walk people. Right. Which would, that's how his his FIP was so low. But I'm assuming that people would maybe just sit on his fastball. And sure, he threw hard, but, you know, Major Leaguers can hit a fastball. But Right. Big Ed. All right. So that's going to wrap up our main segment of the show. Mark, it is time to go into, uh, we're winding down the season. I'm uh, firmly entrenched. We've got the locker room. Uh, our lockers are covered. The parade route is actually already roped off and ready to go. <laughs> You're definitely talking a big game here. Listen, I am nothing if not extremely confident in my game here Uh just I, I know what I, I know what I got here. But uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, it is time for the final segment of the show and uh, everybody's favorite. It's time for Wax Packs Heroes. Wax Pack Hero! Gotta pull the Wax Pack Hero! All right, if you're new here, uh, we're going to open up some uh, old baseball cards here. Uh, most of the time, Wax Packs, thusly the clever name. Uh, we keep score, and by doing that, we will look at the baseball reference war of the player from the year of the cards we are opening up. This year, uh, this year, to this week, Mark, I've got some 2003 tops, so we'll be opening those, a little bit newer cards than we usually do. And uh, beyond that uh, baseball reference war, a couple of other things can add or subtract. Uh, anything on the player's face, that means glasses, whether they be reading glasses, uh, a monocle, Anything like that, a mustache, eye black, or really good sideburns like a Brady Anderson, you're going to get an extra tenth of a point. If it is a really good mustache, like a Tom Selleck, we're going to give you an extra two tenths of a point. If we can see real stirrups, meaning we can see sanitaries underneath them, you're going to get an extra tenth of a point. But if we see the two and ones, uh, that's a minus tenth of a point. In 2003, it was kind of those baggy, you know, like pajama pants that everyone is wearing. So probably won't see a lot of those. Uh, any awards that they won that year, Rookie of the Year, Cy Young, MVP, All-Star, or a Gold Glove, you're going to get a half a point award for each of those. If there's a Hall of Famer on the card, whether they are the focus or not, that is a whole extra point award. If Ricky Henderson or Nolan Ryan appear on the card, uh, it's five points. Ricky for me, regardless of who has it, and uh, five for Mark. If Nolan Ryan somehow appears in a... <laughs> He'd been out of baseball for 10 years at that point. Yeah. So maybe... Uh, Maybe a card. Hey, 10 years ago, look what Nolan Ryan did. Yeah, maybe you know? he's sitting in the stands in the background. Uh, I don't know. But, you know, 2003 was Ricky's final year. So I don't With know. The Dodgers, that, right? Yeah. And, and it was only partway through the season. So I, I don't know that we're going to see that. But uh, also, uh, pop culture references. Uh, if we can find any easy ones, you're going to get uh, a half a point for those. But if they were uh, featured in either uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, Seinfeld, or The Simpsons, you're going to get a whole extra point because those that's the the holy trifecta of pop culture references for the uh, for the 90s 
in baseball. Uh, we are also going to subtract half a point if uh, your uh, card mate, your card, uh, whoever's on the card, uh, not a mate so much, uh, was mentioned in the Mitchell Report or suspended for uh, various things during their career. And we're also going to each pick a team. And uh, my team, any either pack, I'm going to get a half a point. Mark's team uh, shows up in either pack. He's going to get a half a point. Which team do you want to uh, go for today? You know, I'm, I think I'm going to go with the Dodgers. So if you do take a Ricky out, I at least have, you know, <laughs> uh, I'll have, have hedged my bets a little bit. All right. I mean, he probably is going to be wearing a Red Sox jersey if he actually got a card that year. That's true. It was with the Red Sox in 02. But, uh, okay. well, you know. Nope, too late. It's uh, it's written down. I am going to go with uh, the White Sox just because of Big Ed Walsh. Very nice. Very, very topical. All right. Uh, the scoreboard reads 14 to 11. Like I said, we're playing to 20. I've got 14. I'm just mailing it in from here. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and open this pack and uh, let's get right to it. All right, Mark, uh, two packs here. You want the one on the left or the right? Ah, uh, the right. Right. All right. All right. So here we go. Uh, first, Mark, this is a guy that I try to think of when I'm playing Immaculate Grid all the time. And uh, I think of Robert Fick instead of the card that you've got, which is Brandon Inge. Oh, I remember Brandon Inge. Former uh, Oakland Athletic Brandon Inge. Late in his career. Let's see. Brandon Inge, 13 years in the big leagues, 12 with Detroit. Then one with Pittsburgh, one with Oakland. Uh, in 2003, it was his third year in the big leagues, obviously with Detroit. Played 104 games, hit 203 with a 265 on base, eight home runs, 30 RBI, and a 64 OPS plus. And uh, that is good for a war of 0.9. Hi, it wasn't negative. Well, he's a catcher. He playing some serious defense. Yeah, he's a catcher. So uh, he's a tough guy back there. I think... I seem to remember he was kind of like Jason Kendall when he was with the A's and just his arm was so shot he couldn't throw anymore. <laughs> but I remember he was a tough guy. Uh, I, I know A's fans. Uh, he was kind of a cult, had a cult following when he was uh, with Oakland. So uh, that'll start you off at least in uh, in a good, uh, start you off in a good way. If I ask you if Brandon Inge had ever been in the all-star home run derby, I'm guessing your answer would be no. I wouldn't have thought that, no. No, well, he did, uh, apparently, in 2009 and became the eighth player in the history of the Derby to not hit a single home run. Oops. <laughs> but, you know, still, he was named a contestant. That's pretty good. I'm trying to come up with a, a way to work the saying, you give him an inch, he'll take a miley. <laughs> a Wade Miley? Right, exactly, but I can't think of anything. <laughs> All right, well, uh, nothing else on this card is going to help you out. I can't see his stirrups, but uh, still, not a bad way, uh, point nine to start out with. All right, next, oh, well, you've got a Seattle Mariner who is wearing real stirrups and uh, is uh, probably only 642 when this card uh, picture was taken. It's Jamie Moyer. <laughs> nice. I don't know, is it just me? When I think of Jamie Moyer, I think of the Mariners. I do, yeah, I I I, maybe because I'm a Mariners guy, but I don't know what uh, what the general consensus is on that. Uh, I know he pitched for the Mariners for a good while. He um, probably more than any other team. He played for a few teams. Yeah. Philadelphia for the last few years. So 25 years in the big leagues, 11 with the Mariners. I didn't know it was that much, but 11 with the Mariners, five with the Phillies, three with the Cubs, three with the Orioles, two with the Rangers, and then Rockies, Cardinals, and Red Sox for a year each. The all-time career leader in home runs surrendered with 522. The good news for you 
is out of those 25 years, he was an all-star only once. That one year <laughs> was 2003. <laughs> yeah. Plus he's got stirrups. So there's a 0. 0.6 right out the right. At out the, the age of 40, might I add. Yeah. At the age of 40, he went 21 and seven that year with a 3.27 ERA, 215 innings. You know, speaking of workhorses, it, he's no big Ed Walsh, but there's a lot of 200 plus inning seasons. Yeah. Including... I mean, you get down to his age 44 and 45 season, and he's pitched 199 and 196 innings. He was he was so impressive, his longevity and his ability to still be good. Well, let's see. 2003, he came in fifth in the Cy Young balloting and uh, ended up with a 132 ERA plus, and that is good for a war of 4.7. Beautiful. Wow. That is, uh, that is pretty good. He was drafted in 1984. Wow. <laughs> wow. Is, uh, I mean, I, was, I wasn't even watching baseball when he was drafted. I can't say the same. Yeah, well, you're a lot older than I am. Yes, yes, much, much older. <laughs> I think we've mentioned this before. He was married, as I assume that means that he was divorced, uh, to Karen Phelps, the daughter of former Notre Dame basketball coach Digger Phelps. Yes. Yes, I remember that. And they were introduced by Harry Carey. That's interesting. Uh, I think I mentioned this, too, that uh, his final year of the big leagues, the Phillies were wearing throwback uniforms that he actually wore in his first year. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. That's weird. Uh, Okay, so you're at 6.2 after two cards. Not bad. Here you've got a Montreal Expo. Boy, this is a guy whose name I was trying to come up with yesterday in the Immaculate Grid. It is Jose Vidro. Okay. He was a Mariner for a little bit, I think. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Jose Vidro, 12 years in the big leagues, 10 with the Montreal slash Washington franchise. And then the final two of his career with the Seattle Mariners. Uh, let's see. Three-time All-Star. And good news again for you. In 2003, that was his final uh, All-Star year with Montreal. 144 games, 310 average, 397 on base. Wow. 15 wow. home runs, 65 RBI, and a 121 OPS plus. Uh, and That's let's pretty see. solid. That is good for a war of 4.0. Very nice. So that'll be 4.5 with the uh, with the all-star there. Uh, let's see. On this card, can't see anything else. Not that 4.5 is something you should be ashamed of, but wow. They win a silver slugger that year. Wow, he was traded by the uh, the Nats to the Mariners for Emilio Fruto and uh, past guest Chris Snelling. Oh, yeah, sure. All right. So uh, after three cards, now you're at 10.7. Uh, they're, they're quickly trying to tear down the plastic in the locker room right now. Uh, let's see. Next. Oh, this is one of our favorites. Uh, let's see. I know this guy pitched forever. He's got a mustache here. If you translate his name to English, his uh, name is Joe Table. Do you know who that would be? Show table. Um, Mesa? Yeah, Jose Mesa. Uh, uh, here, even baseball reference. Nicknames, Joe Table. And <laughs> Senor Smoke. I, I mean, a <laughs> bunch of people have been named Senor Smoke. 19 years in the big leagues. Wow, between he and Moyer, you've got almost a half a century of <laughs> baseball oh, players. No uh, let's see. Most of that was with Cleveland. Seven years in Cleveland. 2003 with Philadelphia went 5-7 and seven with a 6.52 ERA in 61 games and a 62 ERA plus. And that will overall equal a war of minus 1.9. Wow. Yikes. That's one of those, one of the bigger ones that we've, we've ever seen. 
Wow, that hurts. That does hurt. Uh, he does have a, must, a mustache and beard, so that'll help you there a little bit. But still, that's yikes. He, he did not have a stellar couple years with the Mariners either. I, I'm not saying I did this, but I knew a couple of people that referred to him as Jose Messup. Well, he did win the uh, Rolaids Relief Award one year. I'm going to guess that was 1995, where he led the league right. in saves and came in uh, second in the Cy Young voting. Yeah, 1.13 earn run average. Very nice. So this has to do with your favorite player, Omar Vizquel, who called him out in his in his uh, autobiography, Omar, My Life on and Off the Field, where he said uh, game seven of the 97 World Series that Mesa had nothing and uh, was not in the game when he blew the save and the Marlins tied the game against Cleveland. Wow. Uh, and. Mesa said, uh, if I face him 10 more times, I'm going to hit him 10 more times. I want to kill him. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't feel that harsh about Mr. Vizquel, but um, apparently uh, Joe Table, not a fan. No, not a fan at all. All right. You're at 8.9. All right. Oh, you've got an Oakland athletic here. I'm excited. This guy, submarine pitcher, used to almost scrape his knuckles on the, on the mound when he would pitch. It's Chad Bradford. Well, you look up any picture of him, he's, he's throwing that crazy submarine style where he's got the ball way up behind his back and he's about to just run down and, like you were saying, scrape his knuckles on the ground there. 12 years in the big leagues, four with the A's, three with the White Sox, and then a couple of other teams. In 2003 with Oakland, he went 7-4 and four with a 3.04 ERA in 72 games. That's good for a 147 ERA plus, and that is good for a war of 1.9. I always love Chad Bradford. Can't see any stirrups here. He's got his pants all the way down and no mustache, which he usually had some facial hair, but not on this card. Oh, the A's traded him to the White Sox for Miguel Olivo. Really? Oh, no, no, no. They sent Miguel Olivo to the White Sox for him. All right, there we go. Okay. I was like, I don't remember Miguel Olivo botching any balls behind home plate for the A's. but Portrayed uh, in uh, the movie Moneyball, very positively. Uh, actor Casey Bond portrayed him. There you go. Who has a rather lengthy um, Wikipedia page, but no picture. Hmm. So I couldn't tell you what he looks like. Uh, drafted by the San Francisco Giants as a center fielder in the 2007 draft. Wow. So he was pretty athletic. They had intended to draft him in the 24th, but selected Brock Bond due to a clerical error. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. That's absolutely terrifying. Yeah. Wow. Let's see what else has he been in. Um, Brock Bond was excited and stunned. <laughs> oh, apparently Ben Zobrist, who had previously worked out with Bradford, helped introduce the two so that he could uh, he could uh, figure out how to throw like him. Uh, nice. Also was in a movie, the Hank Williams biopic, I Saw the Light. Interesting. Yeah. He's done some uh, commercial work, too, I guess. All right. Uh, let's see, you're at 10.8. Next, you've got, uh-oh, <laughs> pitcher here for the Blue Jays. Don't know which one. We've got a Chris Carpenter. Oh, well, let's figure it out. Or as the case normally is, get it wrong. All right, I've got a Chris Carpenter that was with the Blue Jays in 2002. So this has got to be it. Bad news for you is he missed 2003. Oops. Uh, let's see, was he injured or nope, just he spent the entire, well, he might have been injured, but he spent the entire 2003 in the minors. 
So uh, nothing there. First round draft pick by the Blue Jays in 1993. Uh, he does have a goatee here. And this picture is from uh, Safeco Field. He's hmm. uh, fielding a comebacker. So uh, I remember that play. <laughs> you very well might have scored this play. I might have. Yes. So I'm not sure if we've ever properly identified this Chris Carpenter because I don't know how we have not talked about this story. During the 2011-2012 offseason, Carpenter and Roy Halliday were fishing in the Amazon River with a professional sportsman, Skeet Reese. Good, good name there. When they encountered a wounded man, he had been attempting to catch fish to sell as aquarium pets when he was attacked by an anaconda. The snake wow. bit him, but he was able to free himself. The snake then attempted to wrap itself around the man, but instead wrapped itself around the motor of his canoe, flipped it over, and broke the motor off. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. The pitchers that discovered him. Day. They flipped the boat back over, recovered his belongings, and towed him home. Wow. <laughs> Rough day at the office. <laughs> what a great story, though. Right? Why are you late home, honey? Well... <laughs> All right, so you're at 10.9. Your next is, oh, I think I'm going to have to give you half a point for a pop culture reference because he's married to the Clone Wars voice of Ahsoka Tano, David oh, Eckstein. Very nice, yes. Let's see, Eckstein, nicknamed X-Factor or Just Enough. I had not heard of either. Of those. Just Enough, wow. <laughs> well, he won two World Series, so he had enough. Yeah. Ten years in the big leagues, four with the uh, Angels, three with the Cardinals, two with the Padres, and then the D-backs and the Blue Jays for one each. 2003 with the Anaheim Angels of Los Angeles, California. 120 games, 252 average, 325 on base, three home runs, uh, 31 RBI, 16 stolen bases, and a 75 OPS+. And that is good for a war of 1.7. I'll take that. Plus, I'm going to get... Going to give you the half a point for uh, marrying up. <laughs> to, to the legendary Ahsoka Tano. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Interesting here. His first two seasons in the big leagues, 2001 and 2002, both years he led the league in hit by pitch and sacrifice bunts. Okay. Well, you know, he made himself useful. You got to gotta give him credit for, yeah. you know, a 10-year career. Yeah. I mean, those are, those are two very useful. I mean, getting on base and moving people over. That's right. So... Uh, the X Factor is uh, also a fan of professional wrestling, having made appearances on TNA. And uh, he co-managed, along with Johnny Damon, wrestler Lance Hoyt for a match with current White Sox uh, conditioning coach Dale Torberg. Torborg, excuse me. And uh, he was managed by AJ, AJ Przinsky. Wow. That's uh, that's I, how have I not heard of that? I don't, I feel like we've talked about it, but I know you don't, you never, as soon as we're done recording, you forget everything we say. Yeah, I, I'm getting better at that. I, I remember last uh, episode. <laughs> Which was about? <laughs> uh, All-Star Ballot. Hey, there you go. Uh, no, no, is the Hall of Fame ballot. So no, you're oh, sorry, <laughs> Hall of Fame. I stepped over my own, tripped over my tongue there. My apologies. All right, so you're at 13.1. Next card is a redhead, a very ginger guy. He was uh, here. He is fe featured with the twins, but he was on the A's, uh, where he let his uh, ginger hair grow uh, grow out into an Afro style look. It is Bobby Kilty, 
Let's see. Bobby Kilty, yeah. Seven years in the big leagues, four with the A's, three with Minnesota, one for Boston and one for Toronto. In 2003, he split time between Minnesota and Toronto and ended up hitting 244 at the 358 on base, 13 home runs, 57 RBI, and a 99 OPS plus. And that is good for a .9 war. Another positive, and a lot better than Jose Messup. <laughs> yeah, that minus 1.9 is going to hurt every time. That's painful. Yeah. Boy, another one of those kind of cult hero guys with the A's. Uh, he he was uh, just a utility outfielder. He was their fourth or fifth outfielder, but he was a goofball, and he let that hair grow out. Boy, I, I have fond memories. Earned the nickname Ronnie Mack due to his similarity to McDonald's mascot, Ronald McDonald. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, you should stay away from Japan. They might throw him in the river. (laughs) I don't know. I I don't think that's how that works. They they do that with... uh, Just anybody that looks like a fast food. Mascots of fast food joints. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Uh, You're at 14 even. You've got two cards left here, and you've got a Hall of Famer. You've got a Hall of Famer here with the Minnesota Twins. Okay. Having just been traded a couple of years prior from the Seattle Mariners... And prior to going to the Boston Red Sox. Okay. <laughs> I'm waiting for you to say Big Poppy. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, uh, David Arias. <laughs> there you go. The the aforementioned David Arias. 20 years in the big leagues, 6 with Minnesota, 14 with the Boston Red Sox. Uh, let's see. Through his career, he was a all-star 10 times. But the bad news for you is that all started after 2003. <laughs> right. Uh, 2003 was his first year in Boston. He hit 288 with a 369 on base, 31 home runs, 101 RBI, and a 144 OPS plus. Came in fifth in the MVP balloting, so that'll work. Uh, that'll work out well for you, I'm sure. And a WAR of 3.4. Okay. Right okay. off the bat, he is a Hall of Famer, so you'll get an extra one off of that. Oh, he's got sunglasses on his hat. I'll give you that, but no facial hair here. Hmm. He's actually playing defense here at first base. So pre-DH time. Well, he's listed as a DH on the card, but okay. uh, yeah, not. I, I'm not even sure he had a, a first baseman uh, mitt for most of his career. <laughs> Let's see. Now, there's going to have to be some, uh, I'm assuming, some pop culture stuff here. I mean, he's you been think, in he's yeah. been in commercials. So uh, let's see if we can. Oh, he's also got a podcast in, in 2018. I don't think he's I don't think he's still doing it. But his co-host was Michael Chiklis. OK. Yeah. I. That's kind of an odd combination. But OK. Interesting. So he's, he definitely has some pop uh, culture references as he pushed uh, or he. Uh, he advertised for a lot of different products over the course of his career. So I think that's fair. Yeah, now I'm going to give you that. I'm just going to give you a, a blanket half a point for that. Yes. Now, of course, he was named in the Mitchell report, but he was never named as somebody that had tested positive once they started right. testing for real. So I, I'm not going <clears> to <throat> not going to ding you there. He was never suspended for it. How about uh, are we giving extra points for attempted assassination plots? Um, that was only on last year's game. Yeah. Yeah. That won't, uh, we might bring that back though. (laughs) Yeah, of course. But big poppy's doing well now. So that's good news. Absolutely. All right. So you are at 19 even and your last card 
is I think this guy was coaching at uh, Grand Canyon University uh, recently. Here he is, shortstop for the Pittsburgh Pirates. It's Jack Wilson. 12 years in the big leagues, nine with the Bucks, three with your Seattle Mariners, and two with Atlanta. Uh, let's see, 2,003, 150 games. He hit 256, 303 on base, nine home runs, 62 RBI, and a 70 OPS plus, and that equals a war of a positive 0.9. Uh, there is nothing on this card that is going to help you out, unfortunately. So his son Jacob uh, was drafted sixth overall by your Oakland Athletics just yep. uh, this year. Just last year, yep. Uh, let's see. Uh, also, as I mentioned, uh, oh, I guess he was an assistant coach at Grand Canyon University, where I know he that helped him get, uh, what's his name, Homer Bush Jr., oh, okay. who, who went in, in, in the draft as well this last year. Uh, went to the same high school as Terry Pendleton. Got that That's going. interesting. Yeah. So uh, that will end your round with a 19.9. Okay, that's not bad. That is a very good score. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little a little worried. But you know what? We're going we're gonna to plod forward here because uh, my first card is a Hall of Famer. <laughs> good start. And it's somebody we've already mentioned uh, during Wax Packs Heroes as uh, going fishing on the Amazon River and uh, helping a guy that had been attacked by an anaconda. I don't remember who that was. Well, uh, it's uh, Roy Holiday. <laughs> oh, that guy. That's right. Doc Halliday here. Let's see. Of course, Hall of Famer, 16 years in the big leagues, uh, 12 with Toronto, 4 with Philadelphia. 2003, he's an all-star. I like that. Uh, also won the Cy Young that year. That's pretty important. Uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure. So uh, that's uh, that's going to be a whole extra point, plus the Hall of Fame is a whole extra two points on top of whatever he scores. 22-7 and seven he went that year with a 3.25 ERA, nine complete games, two shutouts, uh, 204 strikeouts, and an ERA plus of 145, and that equals a 5.6. Wow. So that'll be a 7.6 with those bonuses. Uh, nothing else on the card is going to help me, but you know, to start off with the seven point six, I think I'll take it. Yeah. Now you, you, I had this great game, and now you've got me worried already. Yeah. Let's see. First round draft pick by the Blue Jays in nineteen ninety five. Uh, I think we mentioned this uh, just a couple of shows ago. He was traded by the Jays to the Phillies for Travis Darno, who is still playing. So it's exciting when we see some. And yeah. Michael is that Michael A. Taylor? No, it's just a Michael Taylor, not Michael A. Taylor. Of course, Roy Holiday, of course, unfortunately passed away in 2017 uh, in a plane accident. Uh, postseason no-hitter. Do you remember that game in 2010 against I the do. Cincinnati Reds? That was incredible. I think that game took like an hour and a half. I, I remember watching it and thinking, is he really going to pull this off? Yeah, that was, was uh, amazing. great, great performance. Ah, cover athlete for Major League Baseball 2K11. I think I think that's going to get me. Uh, oh yeah, I think that's going to get me some pop culture cred yep. there. Uh, also, did a lot of charity work. So, uh, just overall, a great player and a great guy. It sounds like. All right. So after one, I'm at eight point one, which I like because that's almost halfway to your score. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, next, I've got pitcher for the San Francisco Giants, Rob Nen. Oh yes. Wow, I spelled his name with one B and two N's when it's actually two B's and one M. It's the opposite, yeah. yes. Let's see, 10 years in the big leagues, five with the Giants, uh, five with the Fish in a partial season with the Rangers. Uh, unfortunately for me, he retired after an all-star year in 2002. So I'm going to guess that uh, 
Probably got hurt. Uh, let's see. Son of Dicknen, who pitched for six years. Or not pitched, but played for six years uh, during the 60s. Yeah, you know what? It's, it's kind of something weird about him. My my favorite writer of all time is a guy named Stephen Lawhead. He wrote a book called The Warlords of Nin. So I used to call Rob Nin the warlord in it. And you know what? It never caught on it remotely. Well, who'd you tell in fact, it to? It's never been mentioned until now. <laughs> <laughs> I might see part of the problem with your. Uh... So Steve Lawhead listens to this podcast. Hey, you know, you're my favorite man. <laughs> Let's see. His signature pitch was a slider that he nicknamed the Terminator. Ooh, very nice. Yeah, that's pretty. it's not as good as Uncle Snappy, but still good. Right. All right. Uh, so I got. N- oh, no, he's got a he's got him. He's got facial hair. All right. Next, I've got pitcher for the Phillies, Terry Adams. 11 years in the big leagues, five with the Cubs, three with the Phillies, and then uh, here and there for the Dodgers, Red Sox, and Blue Jays. In 2003 with the Phillies, he went one and four with a 2.65 ERA. Uh, Let's see, 51 strikeouts in 68 innings and a 151 ERA plus. And that will get me a war of 1.4, plus he's got facial hair. So that'll be a 1.5. Another positive, you're slowly chipping away at my amazing score. Yeah. No, I'm I'm enjoying this pack. It's been a good pack all around so far. Absolutely. Not much to talk about Terry Adams after uh, after baseball. But again, 9.7. Uh, moving on to my next card. Oh, this is a name I, I've, I've definitely noticed. I have a lack of names that I remember from the Rays when I'm playing Immaculate Grid. Here's somebody I need to put in the put in the old memory bank. It's pitcher Esteban Yawn. Oh, yeah. So you had a Nan and a Yan. Yeah, I got a lot of short names so far. Roy, Nen, Yan. Played for a few teams, so he's he's good at uh, Immaculate Grid uh, puzzle piece. Yeah, look at this. Uh, five in his 11-year career, five with Tampa Bay. Then you've got, just for short stints, the Angels, the Orioles, the Cardinals, the Rangers, the Reds, and the Tigers. It's <laughs> a lot of teams. Uh, in 2003, he split time between the Rangers and the Cardinals. Overall, he went 2-1 and one in 54 games and a 71 ERA+. Plus. And altogether, that is going to be a war of minus 0.9. Oh, wow. You, you, it's only a point negative less than Jose Mesa. A one point, yeah. Uh, yeah. Nothing on this card is going to help me out. I can see why he was shuffled around so much. <laughs> if he was a left-hander, he might still be pitching today. But I was just going to say something like that. That's great. Oh, it looks like he, oh, he went in 2007 and pitched for Hanshin in Japan. And then uh, went and pitched in uh, Korea as well before going oh, to nice. Mexico to pitch. Oh, I think I'm going to get, uh, definitely going to get some pop culture here, though. Jan is the first member of the Tampa Bay Rays to be named on the Simpsons. Bart Simpson exclaims, look at me, I'm Tomo Oka of the Montreal Expos, which, while playing baseball, to which Milhouse replies, well, I'm Esteban Yan of the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. (laughs) That's outstanding. That is freaking outstanding. I have got to find that clip. All right, so that'll take me up to 9.3. I like that. Uh, Next, we've got, now I think I should, oh, I'll get bonus. I'll get a pop culture here because he was uh, portrayed in in Moneyball, but also went to the same school as I did. I got to talk to him last year, uh, and he was part of our list of uh, guys with names uh, that are articles of clothing. It is none other than Scott Hattabert. Oh, yeah, definite, definite pop culture reference there. He was quite featured. 
let's see, Hattie, 14 years in the big leagues. Of course, uh, as I said, uh, graduate, or at least in, he went to uh, Washington State. I'm not sure if he graduated or not. Uh, 14 years in the big leagues, seven with the Red Sox, four with the A's, three with Cincinnati. In 2003, he hit 253, 342 on base, 12 home runs, 61 RBI, and a 93 OPS plus. And that is good for a war of 1.4. He has got facial hair. And uh, the pop culture reference will uh, do me well there. Nothing else on that card is going to help me out. I can't tell what bat he is uh, using. I, I, I wanted to ask this last year at Fantasy Camp, but he got sick and, and was not able to stay longer. But um, he uh, he got fined after hitting that famous home run that is immortalized in Moneyball because he picked up somebody else's bat and he had a bat sponsorship with somebody else. So <laughs> I did not know that. That's funny. He was the catcher at Wazoo, and he caught uh, John Olrude and Aaron Seeley. Very nice. Wow. So he, he went in with some experience of catching some solid pitchers. Yeah. Lives just across the bridge from me in Gig Harbor, Washington, where oddly enough, I have had a couple of gigs. Oh, wow. Nice. Well, uh, when you run into him next time, uh, why don't you bring him on the show? <laughs> I'll do my best. Okay. Now, next, uh, let's see, I'm at 11.3. I have got four cards left, and we're getting into some weird cards. This one is a playing card, is what it looks like. But uh, it is of a Hall of Famer, which I like, and somebody we've mentioned during our main segment, uh, because he's an incredible fielding pitcher. Here with Atlanta, it is Greg Maddox. I've heard of that guy. Yeah, <laughs> you think? Let's see. So Mad Dog, 23 years. You know, he almost played as long as, as uh, Jamie Moyer. Yeah, he he was and was amazing. Yeah, he just, you know, Moyer played till he was like 47 or 48. Maddox till 42 because he got to the big leagues a little bit quicker than Moyer did. Um, in 2003, he was 37, still with Atlanta, went 16 and 11. Wow, he won 16 games three years in a row. He's just so consistent. 3.96 ERA, led the league in games started. 218 innings pitched, 124 strikeouts, a 108 uh, ERA plus. No gold glove this year. Huh. Weird. <laughs> the one year, like a, that was the first year he didn't win it in like 13 years. Uh, overall, that will get me a war of 1.3 plus he's a Hall of Famer, so that'll be 2.3. Can't see anything else on this card, but I'll I'll take all of that. So beyond the Braves and the Cubs, can you name me the other two teams he pitched for? Oh, man. Um, not off the top of my head. Because no, he, I can't. when you see pictures of him wearing these uniforms, it is odd. Uh, the Dodgers, he played two seasons in L.A., and then he huh. pitched for the Padres for parts of two seasons. Interesting. Yeah. I don't have a real clear recollection of those. I remember the Dodgers. The Padres I just know of. And have used that again in a, in an immaculate grid before. Uh, coined uh, the, the phrase uh, pitching a Maddox, of course, coined after him. Shut out fewer than 100 pitches. Did that 13 times mm. since it started being tracked in 1988. The second place is uh, another former Atlanta pitcher, Zane Smith, who did it seven times. One of my favorites. So uh, do you remember he had, a, he had a personal catcher in Atlanta, Eddie Perez? Oh, yeah. The Braves had Javi Lopez, who was an all-star, 
you know, and a great, and you know, the ladies liked him, but uh, I remember it was always a chore come playoffs and the last month of the season because Javi would go back to catch him during the those last couple of starts to try and get used to it because uh, it was always it was always Eddie Perez was his personal catcher and uh, Maddox and Javi just didn't they didn't connect as a batter. Yeah, yeah, that's weird. You've seen that a handful of times, um, but some pictures are just worth it. This is interesting. Same birthday as former teammate David Justice and Steve Avery. Well, that's weird. That must have been quite a day in the, you know, Atlanta clubhouse. <laughs> yeah, big celebration. Uh, let's see. He starred in uh, the uh, in a, uh, episode of the TV series Do Over called Take Me Out to the Ball Game. I have never heard of that show. Hmm, no clue. Uh, it was a fantasy sitcom starring Penn Bag- Bagley. I don't know how you say it. I think I recognize that name and nobody else. I nobody else. I really know, but I'm going to go ahead and give myself a half a point for that. He was on a, He was on a sitcom for an episode. Well, you know what? It counts. All right. Uh, next, we've got a season's highlight card. It is for the Red Sox pitcher. Derek Lowe tosses first no hitter in Fenway in 37 years. D-Lo in the house, as we used to say. D-Lo Brown? <laughs> no, not D-Lo Brown. Let's see. 17 years in the big leagues. At one point, he led the league in wins and losses. Uh, mm. Let's see. Eight with Boston, four with the Dodgers, three with Atlanta, and then a uh, you know cup of coffee with Texas, Cleveland, New York, and Seattle. 2003 with Boston. He went 17-7 and seven with a 4.47 ERA and a 1.05 ERA+. Plus. That is good for a war of 2.8. Yikes. So this card is a picture of him being mobbed on the mound after throwing the no-hitter. I'm just looking to see if there's any Hall of Famers that I can pick out, but I cannot. Oh, shoot. You know what? Uh, Ricky Henderson was on. uh, He was he's in here. I can't see him, (laughs) but I know that he led off for Boston. Uh, The scorecard is framed up in the press area of Fenway Park, and he is in the leadoff spot for for the Red Sox this Nice. But I cannot see him, darn it. Trying to get those points any way I can. Uh, Wow, drafted by the Mariners, eighth in 1991, and then traded with Jason Veritek to the Red Sox for Heathcliff Slocum if you got him. We've discussed that story. (laughs) Another one of those classic Mariners trades. Oh, no. We don't even like, it's like off limits. You're not allowed to discuss it in the, in the state of Washington. Well, there's some things we're not going to talk about, um, but we are going to talk about, uh, he's a, quite a golfer. Finished second to Mark Mulder, my, my boy, in the 2017 American Century Champions Celebrity Golf Tournament. And won the, two th- the tw- and won the, 2022 LPGA Tournament of Champions Celebrity Division, defeating Annika Sorenstam. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. <laughs> well, I have not heard of that. I hadn't either, but I know Annika Sorenstam's like one of the greatest female golfers ever. Absolutely. All right. Uh, next, I've got a Topps Sporting News All-Star card for uh, outfielder for the Angels, Garrett Anderson. Boy, I remember Garrett Anderson, one of those just consistent guys. On the 17-year career, he was on the Angels for 15 of them. Wow. Uh, And then one year apiece for the Dodgers and Atlanta. Let's see, 2003, good news for me, all-star. Also led the league in doubles for the second consecutive year. 
Hit 315, 345 on base, 29 home runs, 116 RBI, and a 131 OPS plus. And that will equal a war of 4.0 plus. He was an all-star, so that'll be a 4.5. And, uh, oh, he won the home run derby one year. Huh. I don't remember that, but was also uh, a member of the 2002 World Series championship. Uh, team with the Angels. Is that when they, they beat the Giants that year, right? That was, uh, yeah, when Dusty Baker's kid had to be rescued while oh, he was yes. roaming about that. during the play. <laughs> Just running around home plate. Uh, let's see. It was in uh, 2003. He won the Home Run Derby and was named All-Star Game MVP. Huh. Compl- I completely do not remember that at all. But all yeah, right. I, I don't recall that either. All right. So with that, that bumps me up to 21.4. Unbelievable. So I've got one card left. It is a league leaders ALERA card. Well, that's not going to get you negative points. It's got three people. So I've got to choose from one of these. It has got uh, Derek Lowe, who we've already had in this pack. We've got Barry Zito, my boy. And we've got Hall of Famer Pedro Martinez. Well, that's a rough one, man. So the uh, <laughs> the, the plastic is going back up in the locker room. Uh, the champagne is uh, being rolled in again. The uh, parade route is now the police are on scene blocking off roads. Now, you know, we haven't hit the trade deadline yet, so I might have to go out and get a hired gun here. <laughs> well, of these three, I'm going to pick Pedro, I think. Good call. Uh, Let's see, in 2003, not an all-star, but he did come in third in the Cy Young. <laughs> he went 14-4 and four for the Red Sox with a league-leading 2.22 ERA, 186 innings, 206 strikeouts, and a league-leading 211 ERA+. Plus. And uh, overall, that will be an 8.0 war, wow. plus he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, so that'll be a 9, and of course, he's got some facial hair here as well, just to, just to put the icing on the cake. And that will take me up to 30.5, which might be a new record. What a score. Goodness gracious, man. My you had to rub it in, didn't you? Yeah, I did. We kept Why couldn't uh, you just do five cards? <laughs> All right. Well, congratulations to me. Let's uh, get the sunny D and the orange slices and shoulder uh, massages all around. Congratulations. All right, that's going to wrap up this uh, edition of Wax Pack Zeros. Also going to wrap up this episode. Thank you, everybody, for joining us once again. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, find more of us. You can find us all over the internets. Just look up at Two Strike Noise. That is at TWO Strike Noise. And uh, you can also find all the links in the show notes, as well as some links from some of the things we talked about today. We also have uh, a uh, uh, an email address that Mark will tell you about here. Yeah, you can write to us at Two Strike Noise, spell it out, T-W-O, Strike Noise at gmail.com. All right. And uh, if you have not gotten in your ballot for the Two Strike Noise Hall of Fame, uh, make sure to do that. Let's get some more votes in, and in a couple of weeks, we'll total them all up and uh, see who we're going to elect into the Hall of Fame here. If if you need a copy, write to the uh, email address. I'll send you one. Yeah, do that. Uh, Check our socials as well. I've posted them there. I'll repost them again. And uh, yeah, uh, thank you everybody for joining us. We'll see you again next week on another edition of Two Strike Noise. Thank you. God bless you. Have a great day.